You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. You've had a long day at work, and you can't wait to just get home, take off your shoes, plop yourself down in your favorite chair, and relax. Ah. You walk up to your tranquil residential home and your neatly manicured lawn in your quiet suburban neighborhood, put the key in the lock, open the door, and... Yes, the pets have gone wild! What were you thinking? Welcome to the show about everything you always wanted to know about exotic pets. Where to get them, what to feed them, and how to care for them. You'll even find out why some people live with a monkey. Now, here's your host, exotic pet expert and author, Bob Tart. Hey, Bob, what were you thinking? Hi, I'm Bob Tart, author of the books Enslaved by Ducks and Fall Weather, and I'm here with Ethan Tierling. And I am sitting in front of a enclosure full of button quail. Now these are birds I really don't know much of anything about, although I've seen them before at a local botanical garden, and I've always been fascinated by them because they're they're very active and they're colorful and they're they're just they're just darn cute, aren't they? They really are. Very unique bird. I never planned on getting into button quail and I was more interested in something, a utility bird or something that I could release um, into the area like Bob White and build up populations. But it was winter and there's not a whole lot you can raise and I saw that these were available from a local breeder and I decided to try it out at least for the educational purposes. Did you see them first and, and you liked the way they looked or you know what, what was the attraction to you? Well, just from looking at this lady's website. Oh, okay. And remembering from having seen them at the Botanical Gardens. They're very photogenic. They love the camera. They do. <laughs> they absolutely do. Um, so what did, what did you start with? Did, did you get just a couple or did you get... Uh... I said I wanted an unrelated breeding pair. And I went to her house and we looked through some different birds. And I wanted her advice on... Um, Something that she wasn't focusing on, just in case I started selling babies, I didn't want to be a major competitor. She said she was going into the splashes, um, the white birds with just uh, a few colored feathers. And so I got uh, golden cinnamon male and a silver female. And she said she was very curious to know what kind of babies they would have. And so I thought that sounded fun because I love it mystery eggs when you don't know what's going to come out. <laughs> yeah. Um, we should probably describe these birds a little bit because I bet a lot of people have no idea what they look like. Um, I, I would say they're probably, would you say about the size of a goose egg? I've never seen a goose egg, but yeah, I would think <laughs> okay. so. I would say like if you took a chicken egg and put some feathers on it, yeah, you know about it, or about the size of a fist, I'll tell some people as well. Uh-huh. But the most exciting part about their size is they're babies because they're they are about the size of bumblebees. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't believe it when I saw the babies because that's exactly what my wife said when we were at Meyer Garden that they look like walking bumblebees. And they look just like a baby chicken when they're born. You know, proportionally, it's like you're seeing a miniature chicken. Mm -hmm. So people are often quite surprised. Usually that small of a bird is going to be you know, naked and helpless and whatnot, but they just hit the ground running. Oh, they do? They do. Okay, so, so they're, they are fully feathered when they're born? Uh, fully fuzzed. Fully yep. fuzzed, okay. Yeah, like, like chicks, yeah. Well, what I like about them is they, have, they definitely have the classic quail look to them. They do, even though I don't believe they're actually true quail and they're more closely related to pheasants. Oh, okay, all right. And 
I have also seen these called Chinese painted quail, but yes. names are notoriously suspect when it comes to poultry because uh, mm -hmm. we have uh, African brown geese, and those are also occasionally called Chinese geese. And so uh, I don't mm. know if either of those really tells us much about the origin. And, you know, Muscovies, I don't think they're from Moscow. <laughs> right? I never thought about that connection. No. That's funny. So, um, South American, yeah. Yeah. So do we know where the button quail, or the Chinese painted quail, are they actually Chinese in origin? Jody McDonald, who is one of the main breeders in the U.S. and California, she was talking about on the online forum of actually having gone to China to the mountains to see these quail. So I'm quite sure they do come from China. Okay, all right. And you have a great pen. Um, it's, it's really nice. I, I wasn't sure how people would, would keep these, but uh, it looks to me like it's... Is this made from window screens? Yes. The traditional thing is to keep them in maybe aquariums and then move them into those big Walmart plastic tubs. Yeah, I don't like the idea screen, of that. With screen tops, but that's just not that attractive to me. I mean... It'd be I stuffy, wouldn't it? Yes. I mean, there's air circulation the, the, here. I would think it's much more natural. you got nice lighting. And David, did you build this? No, this was here before I got here. Um, I was able to put this up by myself, actually, oh, just okay. with duct tape. It took about five minutes. Okay, because... It took me a while to come across the idea. We had 27 extra window screens sitting but, here oh, in the basement. And it does so, make the perfect pen, though. And yeah. it's explain about the... Oh, the boinking. Boinking, yeah. They have a startle reflex where they'll shoot straight up into the air. And they can hurt themselves. A number of feet and scalp themselves, knock themselves out. I had one escape in my bedroom, and because I had the stippled ceiling, yes. it, had, it um, flew up into one of those points, um, got a little spot of blood on its head. Oh, I bet. And then I had to separate it from its mate because... Of course, they're going to be pecking at anything bright and red. Right, right. And uh, David that we were just talking to, that's Ethan's brother. And the reason I asked about the pen is because um, Ethan and David just showed me uh, several other pens outside. And uh, David, you are the uh, builder and architect of both of those. Yeah, we share some ideas and they're, they're all works in progress. And we come up with, uh, always come up with better ways of getting doors, uh, you know, egress and exit from the pens and uh, well his latest idea was trying to uh, find a way not to cut a hole in the barn <laughs> and saying he could get ducks to walk out of our window which i oh, thought yeah. um is I that what the ramp is for yes. and a ladder on the outside i have ducks that can climb ladders i was going to say when you, i, I want to see a ladder climbing duck when, when you get that perfected because besides the button quail you uh, you also showed me uh some really gorgeous hens um, some goslings, and you said those are Sebastopols? Yes. And those are some of the friendliest geese I've ever seen in my life. And, uh, they are. Yeah. And so you, you've got a lot going on here, and also some great gardens. So this, this looks like a really good enclosure. Is this, uh, what would you say this is? Is it about uh, maybe four feet by four feet? No, it's, it's almost, the screens are almost five feet long. Okay. Three feet high. So I've got about almost 25 square feet in here. Okay, and now what What do we feed the button quail? I buy game bird starter. Okay. And making sure it doesn't have the antibiotics in it. Yeah, I have heard that before, that you have to be careful with uh, a lot of feed because, um, you, in fact, you have to go out of your way, don't you, to get feed that doesn't have antibiotics. Is that right? 
Well, I've got a feed mill nearby, and when I say I have button quail, they'll say, well, then you want this for this and this oh, okay. reason. So they've treated me well. Okay. Uh, other people have had a lot more trouble, and even the lady who sold me my breeding pairs, she will ship people um, game bird crumbles by the pound. If, oh, okay. In case they're so, stuck. So you don't have to buy 50 pounds of it because right. I, I struggle carrying 50-pound bags of uh, feed around our property. And it's uh, and if you have one pair of quail, it, that's, <laughs> that could go bad by the yeah, time you get yeah, to the bottom. Yeah. Uh, I should mention we're here in Ada, Michigan, and I live in Lowell, so um, Ethan's practically a neighbor of mine. So I have to ask you, what feed mill are you going to? Lowell. Oh, okay, Blue Ribbon. Yes. Okay, good, great. Okay, yeah, that's where I go too. Um, have you ever gone to um, the one in uh, Caledonia? <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know why I'm getting brain blocked. Anyway, uh, I will get uh, Freeport. Freeport. There's a nice one there too. No, I didn't know there was yeah, one there. Yeah, there's a nice okay. one too. Yeah. A third one within driving distance. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, okay. I'm seeing a little little activity here with with the button quail. They'll do that a lot more when they're young. They just kind of jump up a few inches and flap their wings. Um, It'll be contagious sometimes, and then you get a aviary full of bouncing quail. They'll only go up about a <laughs> foot or two and just testing out their wings. Yeah, I could see. You were telling me that after you know hard day of work, it's this is a great spot just to sit in and watch the quail, huh? I am a social worker, and working with difficult teenagers that sometimes have to be restrained for their and our safety, and so that can get pretty stressful. And I get home around eleven thirty at night, and I'll just sit on the basement steps in front of this cage, and they're so quiet, they're so peaceful, and I just am able to slowly unwind and get ready for bed. Yeah. I, they're I, great therapy. I love the little sounds they make. It, mm -hmm. There's some kind of calming about that, and I like their activity. They're, um, it's kind of hard to describe because they'll be, they'll be quiet a little bit in, in terms of movement, <laughs> and then suddenly you'll, you'll see something happen, and they're just really interesting to watch. You have quite a community here. As far as housing, I was reading online that uh, generally you don't keep two males together, and, and you, were, you were telling me that that is particularly true in a smaller cage. Is that right? Yeah, I'm really lucky I'm able to get away with having, I don't, I don't know how many are in here, a dozen. Um, but they're, they're siblings, so they, they established pecking order early, and they're doing well. And what if is, I were to have a smaller cage, I would, have, I would try to stick to just you probably have fights, um, wouldn't you? male and female. I think they can do two males or just two females, but with the two males, they might get along really well for a couple of months and all of a sudden just go at each other one day. It's a higher risk with the males. One thing that's so nice about this enclosure you have also is that uh, there's a lot of places for them to hide, and yeah, I think that. and I think that's good. Um, and uh, you have some greenery there, and I've noticed uh, we uh, keep uh, a lot of ducks, and a lot of times in the spring, males uh, fighting is a problem. And but then again, since we have a large area with lots of places to hide, um, I, I think that keeps the competition down a little bit. And, and I'm wondering if that's maybe contributing a little bit here. Unless it's the age, are are these pretty young birds? They're they're mature. Oh, they I are mean, mature. They've been laying eggs for uh, over a month now. Oh, they have. You they you have. mean the offspring are already laying eggs? Well, I've I have a few different batches in here. Okay. There's some that are teenagers kind of in their juvenile plumage, and there are others that uh, 
what I probably hatched out in March. Okay. All right. What What is the lifespan of a button quail? They say for females it's two to four, males three to five. The constant egg laying is harder on the females and shortens their lives. And I I don't know why they lay so many eggs. It's surprising. It's, it seems like they were they were bred to because most wild birds, you know, will just lay a few clutches and they're done. Right, but these are they're, they're laying eggs all the time. Yeah, a lot of my hens, I'll just I'll get an egg a day, and we've tried things like putting them in in vinegar and then you can just slough off the shell, mm-hmm. and after they're hard boiled, and put them in salads and. You know, surprise or upset your dinner guests. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So how do they taste? I can't taste really a difference between chicken eggs. And with our duck eggs, too, it all tastes about the same to me. Okay. I had noticed... Subtle with, differences, maybe. I had noticed with duck eggs, I think the taste depends on what they're eating. Oh, very much so. And since all my birds eat um, pretty much the same thing, with the quail get the higher protein feed, of course, that... Yeah, I don't know as much t- difference in taste. I haven't eaten a lot of my bird eggs from outside recently because they've been setting a lot, and I've got a lot of babies. But I imagine they're going to be pretty gamey. Yeah, yeah. Due to the free range. Now I wonder. I wonder what we could say about the um, pet potential of of these birds because um, this is kind of uh, sort of an aviary setting you have almost. Yes, and. They're not great if you want a bird that will sit on your hand. They have no perching ability. They're not going to sit on your finger. They're very difficult to tame up to the point of sitting into your hand. Um, Maybe eating out of your hand is the most I would have time to train them to do. So for me, they're just a visual uh, treat. Now, do you think... um if you were, say, raising only a couple of them and you, you know, really spent a lot of time hand-raising them, would, would they be tamer than these birds, or do you think maybe that has nothing to do with it? They would. Of course, the more time you spend with them, the tamer they're going to be. But also, getting to know different breeders, having different strains, um, because they reproduce so quickly, people can breed for different temperaments. Oh, and some have have done so. Oh, I, so okay. you communicate with those breeders, and you find out who has done that. Because so many breeders are breeding for that next exciting color mutation, right, uh, or other qualities, but it's mainly focused on color. We'll be right back with more of my interview with Ethan Tierling after these incessant messages from our sponsor. What Were You Thinking? We'll be right back after Bob gets the ducks out of his living room. Don't go away. Pets are part of the family, and when traveling with your dog, there's only one magazine to include when packing your doggy's duffel bag, and that's Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Each bi-monthly issue includes hotel, city and state reviews, and doggy destinations to explore with your furry companion. Fido Friendly magazine can be found at Borders, Barnes & Noble, PetSmart, Pet Boutiques, and Fido Friendly hotels nationwide. Or you can go online to subscribe at www.fidofriendly.com. So get traveling with your pet today and leave no dog behind. And remember... 
Fido Friendlies, the only magazine dedicated to the travel lifestyle of man's best friend and the one magazine your dog will thank you for. Ready to take a walk? Not just you, but your whole family. It's the 2008 Whisker Walk, Sunday, June 8th from 9 to 4 at the Lancaster Fairground in Lancaster, Massachusetts. Pet owners and animal lovers walk to lend a paw to benefit the animal shelters and pet charities they love. Come see exhibits, demonstrations, educational programs, special attractions, product giveaways, entertainment, auctions, raffles, food, fun, and things for adults and kids to see, do, and buy, both human and pet-related. Whisker Walk 2008, a fun day for everyone. For more information, log on to whiskerwalk.org. Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in paparazzi, candid pictures of you and your pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. When you're looking to add a pet into your life, consider adopting a homeless animal from your local shelter or rescue group. Whether you want a kitten, puppy, or a more mature pet, a purebred or a one-of-a-kind mixed breed, even a rabbit or hamster, your shelter has the best selection of animals anywhere, all screened for good health and behavior. PetLifeRadio.com presents Take Me Home with your host, Susan Daffron. Join us each week as we showcase wonderful pets, tell stories, and even throw some pet education into the mix. So get ready to find out why the pet adoption option can be a great way to add a furry companion into your life. Take me home every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, ducks are in the pond, rabbits in his hutch, and monkeys... Ow! In my car! Oh, okay, well, I go check my insurance policy. We'll turn you back over to Bob. Hi, welcome back to What Were You Thinking? And my interview with Ethan Tierling, and he is talking about his button quail. Are there classifications like there are with hens, uh, you know, pretty distinct classifications for color varieties? There are. And on the online forums, they get into some pretty heated arguments about different variations and who gets to choose the name for it. And it's an international forum, so there's a lot of opinions. But out of my, what seems to be just a lot of brown birds, there's 
uh, blue-faced, uh, golden pearl, cinnamon pearl, normal type, and probably a few others. Now, with the what you call the normal type, do you imagine that would more resemble the um, ancestral bird? Original wild. Original type, wild. Yes. And right now we're looking at, I thought you told me there was um, a couple cinnamons in here. Is that right? Or the... I think she's a, a golden pearl right there. Um, the darker gold was a modeled with black. I don't know how you describe that. She's at the feeder right now. And in the back, there's more of a, a tawny variety of the same. And what about uh, requirements as far as a temperature for them? I've read they can handle down to 20 degrees Fahrenheit, but I like to keep a nice temperature gradient with a heat lamp so they can choose their own. Okay, because we're here in a basement right now, so I imagine... About the 60s in here, so a, okay. a, a little cool. So I do like a little supplemental heat because they seem to be most comfortable at room temperature, so that's what I try to provide. Yeah, yeah, because in, in the winter it probably does get a little bit cool down here. But I've noticed when the few times like if they get out and I have to catch one, they seem to be well-fed. They're pretty squishy little birds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They've got a good amount yeah. of fat on them, good coat of feathers, and at night... They will all back up to each other, and they'll be in a tight little cluster. And they do that for security, almost more than warmth, because they seem to do that at any temperature. Because I started out with the button quail in my room, two floors above us, where it is considerably warmer. Now, are you um, selling these birds online? I mean, is is that what your your goal is? I am. I I have I haven't shipped yet. I don't know how much of a hassle that is, uh-huh. and I'm hearing that people are having some trouble with the post office. And I would hate to stick my birds into a box and then find out that they didn't get to their destination until five days later. So I would hope to sell to... Probably uh, local people? people. Just locally. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, that makes sense. I need to print up some flyers and maybe including some information on their care and put those at pet stores and feed mills. Oh, I see a... um, Very bright (laughs) bright green green beetles (laughs) yeah i wonder how long that's going to last in the pen oh yeah they're interested i I brought in all these rotting logs and and bark for them to play on which they love now these birds are excellent scavengers aren't they they sure seem to be i've i read somewhere that they don't scratch but i've seen them scratch around and as i've i'll put in their dust bath and try to make different mounds out of the wood shavings they'll have it all pretty much flattened by the next day uh, I have a friend named uh, April, and she has a an indoor aviary, and mostly she has parakeets and cockatiels, and she likes to keep a couple button quail just on the floor of the cage. And I guess to, of course, she's a very good... There goes the beetle. Oh, there goes the beetle. <laughs> um, but she said that they tend to find a lot of food out of just spilled seed. They're supposed to be um, aviary custodians. Oh, I like for that. people. <laughs> yeah, I've heard them that said a lot. Of course, it's hard to control their diet that way because they love finch seed because it's like candy for them, but it's not nutritious enough for them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, the pellets are a much better choice. Right. Yeah. Or yeah, we're trying to... Uh, uh, I'm trying to convert uh, one of my parrots to pellets, and um, she came to us eating pellets, and then suddenly, um, after we had her about a year, she decided pellets were for throwing. But uh, <laughs> now I found a, a brand she seems to like, so that's always better. Uh, the vet told me that the thing about seeds is that a bird just 
picks the seeds it wants to eat, like you were saying. But with pellets, every single pellet is theoretically identical, at least in terms of nutrition, to uh, any other pellet. So yeah, that, that's a definitely a good thing for, for most birds. Now, you, uh, you were telling me about that you are going to be, was it the moderator of a waterfowl forum, or, or what was that now? Oh, yes. Um, you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. Because I'd like people to check out the forum and to... On my website, uh, freewebs.com slash tierling, I have links to all of my favorite sites, and one of them is the Waterfowl Forum. Okay, could you repeat your website again and spell it, because I want to make sure people see your oh, sure. see your photos, and you've got a great website. www.freewebs.com slash tierling, T-E-E-R-L-I-N-G. And we'll put a link up to that on the PetLifeRadio.com website, so people will be able to see it there. And the Waterfowl Forum, I I like because it it connected me with a local breeder of some wonderful Muscovies and Sebastopol geese and Americanas, and I now have all three breeds (laughs) and species from her. And I've gotten a lot of good advice from her, and she's into gardening as well. And it's it's a site where you can post pictures, which I think is really helpful. Yeah, I like that too. What what's the name of the forum or the uh, website? The Waterfowl Place. It's just called. Is it the Waterfowlplace dot com? It's like uh, groups dot msn dot com slash the Waterfowl oh, Place. Oh, all right. So it's an an MSN group. But whenever I had trouble finding it in the beginning, I would just put in the Waterfowl Place in any browser any search engine, and I would find it quite quickly. And are you going to be a moderator, is that right? Or, or what, what is your title? I'm manager. She's an assistant manager now. So I check daily for people who want to join the group and screen them out because they have to put in a little message and watch for spammers. Yeah, absolutely. And we haven't had any inappropriate content, thankfully. <laughs> we have got a great group of people in there right now. Now, you were showing me your um, ducks and uh, hens, and, oh, David, what do you have there? I was sign language trying to get them. Oh, <laughs> mealworms? mealworms. That's a good idea, too. Them. Throw some mealworms. Oh, yeah, let's, let's see if I, we I can get I have about a... five colonies of mealworms. I started out with um, a shipment of New York worms, a thousand mealworms, and I just put them in game bird starter. And I, I've got some, a little kind of Tupperware craft shelving unit really shallow shells since the beetle forms can't fly and that way i can get them get them some live protein so are oh okay are you breeding the mealworms i am oh you are well i want to set them up for the bluebirds as well no i think that's great because um quite often in the summer uh my wife helps raise uh orphan songbirds and we're just mm-hmm. always sending out for uh you know buying buying mealworms and well, so let that, me send you home with some because i'm well, loaded okay <laughs> we don't need any now but i'll have to i'll have to learn from you how to raise them because that would be a really good thing to do oh certainly yeah, yeah i good. found some good information i had tried it before and it didn't work but it, it i'm doing well now when i was in college actually i had the job of taking care of all of the animals in the laboratory including the hundreds of rats and mice, but also snakes, turtles, uh, frogs, and raising mealworms and crickets. Wow. So so I got some good experience there. Had you been interested in animals before that point, or is that what interested you in the animals, or, or how did that work? Ever since I was a kid, and I grew up on a farm, and I, I love raising different kinds of birds and animals and learning about them, and I can just sit forever and study their behavior. Yeah. Now, you, you mentioned Muscovy's... Um, 
I did see a youngster. Do you have any adult Muscovies? I don't. I just, I, I was given some hatching eggs early in the season that she wasn't sure if any would be fertile. And I got one chick from that batch. And then she had another chick that hatched out later and was all by itself. And I put it in with some baby chickens that were of the same size. So I just have two young Muscovies right now. So uh, you have not had the male Muscovy personality inflicted on you yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> But I've read about it in your books, Bob. So. so I look forward to hearing about that when they get a little older. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I love them. I, I, I absolutely love them. But um, I noticed that uh, you showed me a domesticated mallard. Was that a Ruin uh, or Rowan, the guy that you said likes to chase? Well, I, I can only, I've gone to feathersite.com and looked at all the, the pictures there to try to figure out what I was given because my brother-in-law just got me started in birds last August with a few ducklings and a, and a pail. And it's all kind of gone <laughs> from there in just a matter of months. Now, is that Petrie, the one that, the, the chasing yes, duck? The, he's, he's the, the attack attacker. duck. Yes. And the, the neighborhood kids love him, though. And he'll even chase a soccer ball across the yard. Oh, he will. Yeah, both drakes will. Well, <laughs> do you have any video of that? That would be something great to put on no, your website. but my brother's always walking up with a video camera. I'm sure we'll get some I've got some good video of many things. We probably could put on there. Yeah, yeah. that'd be good. That would be very good. Um, any other birds you want to talk about? You've got just gorgeous birds. Um, you, oh, you're free-ranging you. your hens. Yes, and I want to maybe have some chicken tractors later on and... They're going farther into the woods all the time, and that's making me nervous because we do have raccoon and fox, but the only trouble I've had so far is from a neighborhood dog. I like to connect with other breeders, pet owners in the area, and swap birds, and by raising the same birds, get to know them better, building relationships that way. I have a lot of fun with that. So I find out what other people are raising locally, and I, I try them out. So I don't really know what will be next. It'll be it'll de- be determined on who I meet. And and I did hear ominously a mention of goats. <laughs> I grew up with goats, and I would love to have access to raw milk, or even if we just had pygmy goats, just for oh, yeah. fun. Yeah, well, they are nice. They're they're fun. Maybe nice isn't the right word for a goat, but uh, <laughs> but I, I do like them. I like them. Well, uh, thanks so much. I really appreciate it, and I have to say. You, I'm really impressed by your facilities because you've got you. really nice, clean, uh, well-constructed, David, oh, thank you. <laughs> um, areas for your birds. And um, it's just, uh, everything's very meticulous and they're extremely healthy and happy looking. So uh, I congratulate you. you on that. So. It's a bit of work, but I enjoy it. All right. Well, Ethan, thanks so much for joining us on What Were You Thinking? Well, that wraps up What Were You Thinking for another week. Thanks so much for joining us. If you would like to be a guest on our show, well, it's pretty easy. Just send an email to bob at petliferadio.com. And we would love to have you on and talk about your exotic pet. And remember, an exotic pet is anything other than a dog or a cat. So if you have a parrot or a rat or a rock dove or a scorpion and you want to be on the show, just send an email to bob at PetLifeRadio.com. And we also want to do a show about people's favorite pet books. I thought of another pet book I like a lot. It is Providence of a Sparrow by Chris Chester. And it's just a terrific book about a pet sparrow named Bee. And that's really one of my favorite bird books. And a couple weeks ago I mentioned a 
book I like a lot called The Good Good Pig by Cy Montgomery, and that's about a pet pig. So please uh, just email us, bob at petliferadio.com, and just tell us what your favorite pet book might be. So that wraps up this week of What Were You Thinking, or this installment since we're not doing a show every week. Thanks so much to our producers, and thanks to you for listening to the show. Bye-bye. Thinking about buying a monkey? How about a ferret or a skunk? Then check out the show that will answer the burning questions, where do you get them? What do you feed them? How do you take care of them? And most of all, what were you thinking? With exotic pet expert and author Bob Tart, every week on demand from PetLifeRadio.com.